Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Blue Oval Podcast. I am Ben Weissel, and joining me as we prepare for NCAAs this weekend, Gareth Zetlin. How's it going, man? I am pumped, ready to go for national championships. This is my favorite time of the year because we get no sleep, but we also exchange that for a ton more page views. So uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a good trade-off, I like to think. Yeah, it's going to be a busy but exciting couple of days this i mean we've had such an entertaining indoor season it seems like everything is leading up to a wild and probably shocking uh indoor uh, national championship because and we'll talk about this later it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of big favorites and we could see almost anything happen yeah, absolutely. There's we were just talking about this beforehand. It's like, man, you could see a thousand different people in the conversation to win a national title. And this is gonna be, I think, one of the most unpredictable national meets that we've had in a very, very long time. Absolutely. Throwing throwing our favorite uh word altitude as well. Oh, and it, it only gets it that much more interesting. But before we jump in we got uh, a big bump in ratings. We are up to 40 ratings. The March to 40 is dead. We're headed to 50, March to 50. We got one review. We got one uh, rating in particular uh, titled Just a Fan. Great content. More thorough analysis about races than any other popular running websites, which is a huge plus for me. I feel like you guys actually care about putting out quality content for everyone to enjoy, and I appreciate it greatly keep up the good work uh i pretty kind words in it <laughs> i don't know if he's shading some other like a backhanded compliment in a way but we'll, we'll take it hey i'll happily take it i don't <laughs> care you know what they rate in review i'll take it and uh yeah we appreciate all the kind words and thank you all for the support if uh you know if you're sitting there right now and someone's uh next to you tell them hey hey have you heard about the strider board have you heard about the blue oval podcast just go check them out and then they'll say, like, who are you? Please get away from me. So um, that's what I've been doing. Yeah, basically an insight into uh, Garrett's social life. Right yeah, now. pretty much every day. <laughs> um, but, yes, yeah, so keep on uh, putting in those rating reviews. We really do appreciate that. But like we said at the top, we have plenty of talking, plenty of things to talk about with NCAAs coming up this weekend. So we'll dive right in. And the first thing we'll talk about is – a few of our reactions to the entry list coming out. I think there are a few surprising things. And the first thing that I wanted to mention was Danny Jones. I think she was probably one of the most interesting candidates when uh, the scratch list came out, uh, the entry list came out to see exa- what exactly was she going to do. And we had kind of settled on uh, DMR mile was probably pretty likely. And instead... She's in the mile and 800, probably not going to do the DMR. This was shocking because we had all kind of written her off as an 800 meter runner. I mean, she had obviously run a really good time, but we just thought she it would be too hard for her to try to run the 800 and the mile with prelims in both events. Yeah. Is this the right move? Yeah. It, I mean, I can't say whether or not this is the right move. When I think about it, I... I think probably not the right move, you know, like I I guess regardless, she was going to have to run at least a second race in addition to the mile prelims on that Friday night. So, you know, she's going to run mile prelims and then either or the 800 prelims 
or the DMR, but now she has to go on to day two with the mile finals and the 800 finals in an, in an 800 field that seems pretty solid and, and solidified up top with uh, Nia Aikens and Carly Thomas. That seems like a pretty heavy duo to try to knock down, especially on the double, especially coming back from the mile finals in your fourth race of the weekend. Meanwhile, if you had told me that Jones was going to be on the anchor of the DMR, giving her a few hours rest, you know, I think we would have, I don't think we would have been surprised if Colorado is suddenly upending Stanford or BYU on the DMR. You know, I think that was probably a more realistic double gold situation. Now, I don't know. Now, I'm not really too confident that we're going to be seeing double gold from her. Um, I still like her in the mile. I still think she's going to take the mile pretty soundly. But surprising, very, very surprising uh, situation. Yeah, it isn't really what she does on Friday that I think is that interesting. Like you said, we were probably going to be looking at two races from her. But the fact that she's going to try to squeeze in two races on Saturday, I, I agree with you. I think the mile, she's still the favorite, especially with no Whitney Orton. But trying to come back in the 800, it's a tough field. And, I mean, it's going to be tough for her to even qualify um in both of these events i mean i think we're both assuming that she will but especially in an 800 prelim there are a lot of things a lot of a lot of wild things that could happen um especially when you're trying to conserve for your mile races later on absolutely yeah and in, in nothing against her she's still one of the top 800 meter runners in the country but akins will be fully fresh for the 800 uh tom is probably going to be um, if she's not fresh, then you know she'll be at least for the DMR there, but really nothing too serious or crazy there. It's just a really surprising um, decision. I just felt like the DMR mile was a lot more, I don't want to say reasonable, but it just just a lot, it just made a whole lot more sense. Um, so it shocked us. Um, I, I think from a fan's perspective, though, forget the analysis portion, this is thrilling. You know, we've oh, yeah. seen now uh, the cross-country national champion who's also won a 5K national title. And I believe she also has a 3K national title. Am I correct on that? Yes. Yeah, yep. she has a 3K national title. Now she's aiming for a mile and 800 national title. I mean, you want to talk about, you know, the best range ever? I think you have to give it to her if she comes away with – if she comes away with, with one gold in the mile, then I think she's still probably in that conversation. She comes away with gold in the 800 – I mean, she is without question the the best distance runner in the NCAA when it comes to range. Yeah, I, I, there can't be any 800 meter and uh, cross country champs, right? Like no one, no one's done that. No, I don't. I mean, I've, I don't think, I don't think so, right? No, I, yeah, nothing, nothing comes off the top of my head. So you're right. She would definitely put herself in the history books if she was able to do it and it will be thrilling to watch her go for it. Two other women who made, I think slightly surprising decisions, probably not as shocking as Jones were Danae Rivers and uh, Susan Ejore, um, who both went for the mile instead of the 800. What are we to think of the defending champ in Rivers moving from the 800 to the mile it, it seems like she, I mean, maybe she puts herself in a better place, especially with a lot of people dropping the mile, but it, it's surprising to see the defending champ not try to defend her title. Yeah, it, it's, yeah, it, it was surprising to me. I think it was surprising to a lot of people, but when you kind of look at what she's been doing in the 800, it hasn't exactly been 
clean every time she's done, you know, done a race, especially in a championship setting, barely getting away with the win at the Big Ten Championships, uh, failing to make the finals or failing to make it, uh, yeah, to even make the finals or even make it to nationals last spring. Uh, she barely made it out of the prelims last winter uh, before eventually going on to win the national title, um, which she only barely won then. So there's just a lot of situations where you look at the 800, it's like, yeah, she's had a lot of success, but she's also had equally you know, as much, uh, struggles as well. And I think, I think this year it's kind of been a little more solidified. Hey, listen, she has the speed at altitude. This race is going to be tactical. She's done very well in the mile. I would say, I would make the argument that, yeah, sure. Jones is up there. And so are a lot of other talented milers, but the 800 feels really solidified with Thomas and Aikens there. Um, I don't totally disagree with this move for rivers to go to the mile, um, because I think it's a little bit more of a level playing field, but I also, I, I don't know. I also just, I'm just generally surprised mainly because we've, we've grown to understand her as an 800 meter runner. Yeah. And I, I agree. I don't think it's necessarily the wrong decision. It could definitely pay off for her, but I, I think obviously the ceiling is a lot lower in the mile with jones in in the mile i don't think there's any way she could win it i think in the 800 you could at least talk yourself into her at least having a chance at taking home the title like she did last year um but the mile i think gives her a much higher floor in terms of it's probably a lot more likely that she'll at least finish top three top five um than in the 800 where like we said is a little bit more volatile yeah i think those are all great points there and but but the one decision to move to the 800 instead of the mile of reversal if you will susan ajore who i think we all kind of said hey she's probably gonna do the mile probably makes the most sense it's just a little more volatility there she can come back for the dmr a lot of it just makes sense if ajore drops the 800 and runs the mile but in fact she actually did the reverse and is now doing the mile I'm sorry, is, is now scratching for the mile and doing the 800. Does this make any sense to you? Yeah, I, it makes sense, but it's not what I expected. I, I think she c- can put herself in a good position. She's obviously a very good 800-meter runner. Um, she still is able to do the DMR double. I guess it's just really what is what is what she's more comfortable with. And if she's more comfortable running the 800 at NCAAs, then I'd go with whatever your gut tells you and kind of forget about the rest of the field like we we don't obviously have that inside knowledge of what she's feeling like but if that's the case then i i think it's a fine decision yeah that's fair i just i just felt like the mile given her skill set favored her more than the 800 especially if she's trying to come back for the dmr and i and i feel like she probably would try to come back for the dmr especially if cardama baez isn't running in the DMR. I mean, she's running the 5K, so I would assume that Ijore is running the DMR, and I would assume that Oregon would want her to get as much rest as possible. Um, I don't know. I just didn't see the benefit. I didn't see the benefit of moving to the 800 being so much more than if she had done the mile. So um, just kind of interesting uh, call there. I mean, I know Sam Mara had called that decision, um, but I still think it was surprising for, for most of us. Agreed. Let's do two more before we head on. James West enters in both the mile and the 3K, while BYU women go all in on the DMR. We saw Anna Camp 
and Lauren Ellsworth scratch out of the 800 uh, to focus on the DMR. And we see James West possibly preparing for a triple. What do we think of these two decisions? Man, I, I think the... The BYU, I think I was overanalyzing it when I was kind of doing my predictions. I was like, well, <laughs> if Camp Bennett and Ellsworth don't do the 800, then that means, you know, Orton's not going to do it. But I think they will do the – you know, I was just like kind of going down this rabbit hole of, of my mind and, you know, try to rationalize that Camp Bennett and Ellsworth were going to do the 800. just didn't work out that way. I think BYU, this is – it kind of makes sense. They want the team title. They want that title. They had lost it in cross-country – um, if, if there's a year for them to do it, this is the year, um, you know, they're going to catch a Stanford or Arkansas team where, you know, at least one of their athletes on those relays are, are doubling. Um, I think it's a fair move. I think it's a good move. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Um, it probably makes sense there for the James West one though. This gets really, really interesting because if he triples, that's a really, really hard triple. Um, and it, and it makes sense, but it's also, Hey, Maybe he does the mile 3K and just the mile 3K. We've seen that he can double pretty effectively. But then who goes in on that 800-meter leg or that 12-leg, you know, however you want to flip it with Hunter and Tier? Because I feel like it's it's pretty safe to say that Hunter and Tier will be the ones who um, were on that DMR. So now we kind of have to wonder, you know, how this stacks up. And I'm just not sure – I'm just not sure what's going to happen, especially with Luis Peralta also entered in the 800. So – I, I would think that he might go for the triple. If anyone in the nation was ready to do the triple, I think it was James West, but I'm really unsure about how this Oregon DMR is going to look now. I think we'll see him in the 800 in the DMR would be my guess. It, if you're sense. trying to conserve him a little bit, you put, although Hunter will be doubling back from the mile prelims as well. I, I think putting Hunter on the 12 leg, you give West a little bit of the shorter leg. He's obviously proven that he can run a quick 800. Um, and double back pretty efficiently. And then Tier will be the fresh one to be able to go and anchor it. I, I still really like the DMR squad, but I, it, I str- I'm struggling to find another name that they could put in there if they took West out because Hawker's going to be in the mile as well. You got Messler, who's going to be in the 5K. You're starting to run out of options a little bit. So I see him running it, but I think they might just give him the 800 so he's it's not quite as taxing as the 12 all right question do you think hawker is there a percent chance that hawker runs the 12 uh give him about 20 percent uh i would have said about 15 yeah 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 i think i think i think it's possible like especially if they think that hawker might not be able to qualify um for saturday in the mile just run them all out and use them up as well as you can and save up those other guys, because I'm sure he'll be able to give a good leg. I mean, you run 358 a mile, you're going to be able to run a good 1200 meter leg. So even, even with the mile, um, a few hours before. So I, I, I still see West doing the triple as, as for the BYU women, I really liked the decision. I don't think camp or Ellsworth were guaranteed to be qualifiers in the 800, so why not just go all in on the event that you're pretty sure you can win? And I and I think with their lineup with Orton just running the 3K, she's going to be coming into it fresh. I think they're the clear favorites. I feel extremely confident in them winning. I think Stanford's going to be pretty strong. I do worry about Arkansas. I don't really worry about Arkansas too much because I think they're going to have to 
have a few people either coming back um, off of prelims or they're just going to have to drop them for other people. So I really, I like this decision for BYU. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you on, on everything you just said there. So um, interesting to kind of see how that works. But I, I, while I would agree that BYU is the clear favorite, I do think Stanford could get really interesting. I wouldn't be surprised if Stanford pulled away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they have a ton of talent. They have ladies who have been who have qualified in multiple events for NCAA who are who give them plenty of options. Um, so they will they'll be one to watch. But I think Orton is at a different level than everyone in the country besides Jones. Um, and if Jones isn't in the race, I I think Orton just gives them that X factor that no one else can handle. Agreed. Agreed. So, uh, well, Ben. Do you want to transition over to our biggest questions for the national meet? Absolutely. So first up on our biggest question, who is the biggest favorite? We'll pick one person from the men and women field. Uh, for the women, it has to be Danny Jones in the mile. I feel like that's pretty solid there. Um, and then the men, Ben, I mean, work with me here. Is there is there an actual favorite in any of the races? I mean, like I... You, I'm really not even the DMR. No, I mean you look at the 800. You, you, we thought it was Devin Dixon, and he, he maybe he still is, but it's not a surefire. The mile is anybody's race. You could, I mean, you could see Charlie Hunter, Hoare, Villarreal, Beamish, Suleiman. I mean, then James West. Like the list goes on. Same with the 3K. Uh, same with the 5K. I, I think. I would go with Jared Nagus in the 3K, and that might be a little controversial, but I think that they, that he's going to be the one who has the best finishing kick, and I trust him more than anybody else in any other race to be able to close hard and pick up the win. Oh, see, that's interesting. I think I probably would have said Klecker in the 5K. Yeah, I think that's probably that probably would have been my next best bet. I like I like Kurgot in the five k, but I don't trust him that much. So <laughs> I uh, yeah I I understand why you're going with Klecker. I as for the women, I I I think it's Jones, but I also really like Orton in the three k. She's going up against probably better competition than Jones is in the mile, but I think she's going to be more fresh and ready to go. I I am going to go with Orton just based off of the fact that she's just going to be running the DMR and then she'll be able to go up against the field for the most part, which is just run a 5k or run a mile before they run the the final race of the competition for, for the distance side. Yeah. Those are all really good points. The idea of doubling, especially at altitude. I, I absolutely understand that. But when I look at that 3k field and I see Kate Izzo oh, it's and loaded. I see, Alicia, I see Mons. Alicia Monson and Kaladi, I'm like, no, I don't want to, I wouldn't want to <laughs> put money on that. I think there's just way too much volatility there. Um, I, I like Jones to take the mile, but that's pretty, that's pretty much all I've got in terms of, of favorites. You could maybe argue BYU in the DMR as well, Yeah, but I think the biggest favorite would have to be Jones in my mind. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Yeah, no. And that's, that's a good call. Hardest race to predict. I think we could say any men's race. <laughs> any men's race. It, it, it might be the men's 3K or the men's 800. Yeah, and the men's mile too. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I think, <laughs> like, I, I think the 5K, we feel like it's probably two or three guys. But the 3K, I mean, talking about Nagus, Tier, Tyler Day, Beamish, Grijalva, West, Klecker, 
I mean, that's seven, eight names there who I feel like all probably believe they at least have a shot at winning. Yeah, probably. And they, and they all have different racing styles. Exactly. Too. Yeah. Like, so it's, it's so, it's so weird and they're doubling and some aren't and they're doubling at different events and different times. It's just, I don't, I, I'm, I'm at such a loss for trying to figure out this group. And then the 800, I think think is could be anybody in the top five or six like Jouette, Lagat, Orange, Rhodes, Rooms, Williams, and Dixon. And even Justin Pacifico ran pretty well at SECs too. Like it, it's really hard to distinguish one person uh, out of that eight hundred field. So I, I agree. I think it's probably the three K, but the eight hundred certainly has a good case, at least on the men's side. And as for the women, do we think it's the 800 as well? Um, I don't know if it's the 800. I would, I, I would almost go, you know, I also kind of want to say like the, the 5K or 3K, <laughs> like maybe. Like the problem is that like you feel like Orton is the heaviest favorite. Yeah. So is like is the clearest favorite. But at the flip side – I'm also, I think it might be the 5K. Uh, I don't know. I, well, I think it's a 3K or 5K. I think it's a 3K or 5K. So with the 5K, I think it's a toss-up between Izzo and Kaladi. So, I, I mean, at least there's only two people I really see winning that. Um, with the 800, I, I think with Jones being in there, it just throws everything into kind of chaos. Like, we could see Thomas or Akins or, or even Jones coming back and winning it and Ajore being thrown in there too. Like, it's just hard for me to, and no one, I mean, obviously Akins has run a spectacular time this year, but no one has really separated themselves based off of experience, based off of times um, that you can definitively say that one person should be the heavy favorite. And if one person isn't the heavy favorite, you have this long list of runners who could take home the title if everything goes their way. You don't, you don't think Nia Aiken's too flat was convincing enough of a yeah, time to fight I, like <laughs> I mean maybe like I I don't know it's just it's hard to say based off of and she did come very close at winning the title last year so I I shouldn't say that she doesn't have the a good amount of experience but with it being I don't know with it being in Albuquerque which probably won't affect the eight hundred too much but in terms of recovery time maybe it will after uh, the prelims. It, it's just hard it's hard for me to say that she's a lock to win and i think jo- jones just being in the race kind of will i think make everybody look 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 be, look over their heads to see where she is and that could kind of change the dynamic of the race yeah yeah it's fair it's it's tough i i just think the 800 you know i think it's akins and thomas and then i think maybe on the right day it's jones but I think that's kind of about it. I kind of feel pretty solid about the eight hundred. I don't really yeah. want to put a whole lot of stock into it. And then the th- but the three K is just it's just different because Orton's coming off the double from the DMR the night before, and when you have to face Alicia Monson, who's going to be completely fresh, mm-hmm. when you have to face Kaladi, who's who's proven that she can mostly double effectively. She didn't last year, but that's okay. Um, you know, a rising star in, in Izzo and so many uh, of these women who are already running under nine minutes this year. I think it's like nine women are running under, maybe nine or ten women who have run under nine minutes this year. I just think that's a lot to try to overcome, and I still probably would pick Orton, but I don't know. I'm just not 
I'm not as comfortable with that uh, as maybe you are. Yeah, I I just have been so impressed with Orton this year that I I almost want to put her ahead of Danny Jones in terms of the most dominant runner in the country right now, and and so that's that's just where my confidence comes from. I don't think there's anybody who can stay with her in that last two hundred, and I don't really see anybody putting enough like putting in a big enough gap in front of her going into that last lap. Well, then in that case, Ben, your biggest upset. Yeah, as for a big upset pick, I don't really, like I said, I don't really see anybody in the women's 5K surprising us or the 3K or even really the mile. So I'm going to have to go with the 800. And I I think we could see a pretty surprising result. I, I think Nia Akins and Carly Thomas are certainly good candidates. But I think we could see a surprise from someone like Amber Tanner or Michaela Meyer, or even Danny Jones. I, I think so. And maybe that's not a huge upset pick to pick someone who has a top five qualifying time. But I do think that the 800 is going to be if there is going to be an upset, it'll be in the 800 for the women's side. Yeah, the women's side is tough, mainly because the favorites are pretty established up top. And so that means there's less, I don't know how to put this, you know, if you're, if you're choosing in the 3K, you know, Orton, Kaladi, Monson, and uh, Izzo, then at that point, it's kind of like, well, how many people can really be considered upsets, you know, if they're not right. already considered the clear favorite? I would probably agree with you that it's probably the 800, probably has the most volatility to be an upset. Um, you could maybe say the 5K if it gets, you know, really tactical. Because outside of Kaladi and Izzo, I don't think we have anyone who would really be considered a title contender. Uh, but at the same time, I think if there's going to be a, a potential upset, it's probably going to come in the 800. And it would probably be Danny Jones, um, which is kind of a weird thing to say that Danny Jones would be an upset pick to win. But um, it's just one of those those weird scenarios where you don't – there's not really a perfect answer as to you know an upset that could happen. Who do you have uh, as your upset pick on the men's side? Uh, I, I think it's probably got to be somewhere again in the 800 because I think the men's field is very similar to the women's 3K. You got Huar and Beamish and Suleiman and Gajalva, or I'm sorry, not Gajalva. Um, oh Beamish. gosh, who am I thinking? Beamish. I think probably I think I already said Beamish, but uh, okay. you know the the Hunter is probably the other one I'm thinking of. You know, it goes on and on. But I think the men's 800, I still would probably tag Dixon as the favorite. He's peaking at the right time. He's run well, got the SEC title over a very, really strong field. Um, however, if there's going to be, like, if you're looking for, like, a deep, deep, deep upset pick, I've got two guys in the men's 800. I'm going to go Rashawn Rumis, who has been yep. quietly very steady, been competing strong with Festus Legat all season long, hasn't really had a bad race. And you know, now has the experience, has the times. I really kind of like what he's been doing. And another one, Justin Pacifico, very similar thing. You know, he was second at SEC as to Dixon, but kind of knows how to handle and navigate through these races. He's very experienced. Um, already beat out a ton of top tier talent this year. Uh, we just ranked him in our in our rankings. I like him a lot. You know, I I just think that there's a lot of potential in these different 800 pieces. Um, I think either Rumis or Pacifico could really make things interesting if the race plays out in their favor. 
Yeah, I think those are good picks. In in the mile, I, I think we could see someone like Ryan Adams or like uh, even George Cush, uh, I think, could be very competitive in the mile. I think uh, the favorites are probably Hunter, Hoare, uh, Villarreal, Beamish, Suleiman. And even then, I mean, that's five favorites. So, yeah. like, are, could we even put Suleiman as an upset pick? I, I think those those guys and Adams and, and maybe we could say James West too. James West, um, yeah, he's seventh on the performance list. I really like West, and I think that if you're looking for maybe an upset pick between that West Ryan Adams um, combo, I think they could actually be pretty. There's a pretty good chance that one of them could upset everybody and take home the title. How do you feel right now about Carlos Villarreal and Walid Suleiman? Uh, Villarreal is, uh, recently just finishing eighth at the MPSF Championships in the 3,000 meter. He's been working with some back spasms as of late, um, or at least you know a couple of weeks ago he was. And then uh, Suleiman placing, I think, fourth in the mile at the SEC Championships, a race he was favored to win, and then dropping back to finish seventh in 3,000 meters. Kind of two guys who I felt were very similar, but now kind of, you know, I'm a little worried about them heading to the national meet. Yeah, I, I'm not too worried about Villarreal after uh, what he did at the DMR uh, and for Arizona's DMR uh, team. I think he ran a pretty good anchor leg to at least give them a chance at qualifying. So that definitely assuaged uh, a lot of my fears. As as for Suleiman, yeah, it, it's hard to say. I mean, lo- losing to, uh, I mean, some decent guys in in what appears to be a very tactical SEC mile race. It's not a great sign uh, going forward, and I'm sure he ran a pretty good DMR leg the night before uh, for Ole Miss as they ran a solid time. But you're you're right to point out that he might not be in the kind of shape that we we thought he was in the beginning of the year as we're approaching NCAA's. Yeah, just a few. It's just one of those years where the guys who I thought, like if there was a year, if there was a season for them to really break out and contend for the title, this was going to be it. And just just a few things just haven't really gone their way. Um, so we'll see. I still really like both of these guys. Like I'm just personally big fans of them. Um, I, I really wish for their success, but it's just it is kind of one of those situations where I'm like, there's not a lot of great signs, at least not pointing in a positive direction. So we'll, we'll have to see there. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, on that kind of note, though, do you have any of the top favorites not making it to the finals in the 800 or mile if you had to pick someone? Oof, uh, the top favorites not making it to the finals. Um, I mean, it, it kind of depends, I think, like what some of these heats look like. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we've, if you kind of look at it, you'd have to look at where the top, you know, guys who we think could do some damage in the bottom half of the of the field and how they will probably stack up against a very loaded upper half of the field, you know, just the way that they mix in some of these, uh, these seeds. If I'm looking at the men's 800, I don't really see that a whole lot. I don't really see there being a whole lot of um, potential for you know guys to get kicked out kind of similar with the mile I think most of the guys at the top are pretty spread out pretty evenly I think you could maybe say that guys like George Cush are maybe in an unfavorable position 
being seated 13th overall, um, I think he could get into a pretty heavy heat that involves guys like Hunter or Nagus or Huar, you know, Villarreal, Beamish, whatever it may be. Um, I think George Cush might be, depending on how he's seated in that very odd uh, spot there. And then the women's 800, kind of difficult to say for sure. Um, I don't really know if I see anything specific there to the women's 800. Uh, women's mile, I, I mean, I, again, it's it's one of those things where I'm not really sure. And I think maybe Chrissy Gear, who's been really consistent, you know, Lope Black, um, women who that we really like a lot, they've all been pretty solid, but it's the way that their seed works is that they're probably going to go up against some really talented women uh, in the upper echelons of, of the mile this year. Yeah. On the women's side, there, there's just a lot of kind of inexperience between uh, Simia Gillespie Jennings, kind of that core that, that five through seven on the performance list. I wonder if they could struggle a little bit in prelims because I mean it's a really loaded field and you have someone like Christina Aragon who's very experienced who could snag a spot in the finals even though we're not expecting her to um, and so I, I would look at that kind of group and, and worry a little bit about them and, and as for like the 800 you have to wonder about someone like Michaela Meyer. Does she, I mean, obviously she ran that really good, really impressive 203, but how does she fare at NCAAs um, in the prelims for the first time? I think that's a fair question to ask as we head into the weekend. Yeah, see, I, I think I interpreted this question a little differently just because when I think about it, you know, the way the way that I see that any realistic non-final scenario happening is you know there's there's women like Chrissy Gear and George Cush yeah. who we have who we have ranked very highly in our rankings but are maybe not the top right. seed in their respective events and I see them have more likely to face top tier competition in their prelim heats thus eventually giving them a, a bigger variability to be bumped out in the prelims that's the way I look at it um, because personally when I look at some of the top you know top 10 seeds in the mile, you're right. I think there's, you know, Simeok and Gillespie and, um, you know, maybe Jennings. I think that's kind of like a, I don't want to say unstable, but it's kind of like an iffy in between kind of group where I'm not super convinced that they may all make it to the finals. Yeah. And it's just going to be tough. And the the way that this field has kind of set up, everybody's going to be coming in fresh. Obviously one of the first races is the mile prelims. And you have you don't have a ton of people that you're feeling super comfortable automatically qualifying. You probably feel good about Jones, Rivers, and Haymock, and and maybe Sarah Edwards as well. But after that, it's it's tough to say um, who's guaranteed a spot because you don't have a ton of experience, but you also have a lot of ladies who have run very quick times already. Agreed. Yeah. So we're gonna have to. See how that unfolds. The women's mile so difficult this year. I mean, really after Jones and and you can maybe Rivers and maybe Haymock, but you know, there's really you know the with each name you go down, it it gets really less and less clear and, and kind of difficult to gauge. Exactly. All right. Next up, DMR predictions. Why don't we do kind of rapid fire? What do you think top three for the men is going to look like for the DMR? Um, I think it's ultimately going to come down to. Uh, Notre Dame, and I think it's also become come, ultimately, excuse me, going to come down to Oregon. Uh, if I had to pick a, a third school, 
I mean, on paper, I, I would want to say, you know, like Indiana or Iowa State, but I just don't trust them at this point. Um, right. it, it, it's that's pretty tough. Uh, I, I mean, dare I say BYU? I mean, I I think they're they're all fresh. Uh, Talon Franco's pretty solid. Hawar for Wisconsin, he's doubling. And it being at altitude, BYU thriving at altitude, I kind of like BYU despite being the sixth seed. Indiana's going to have guys doubling. Iowa State's, I don't think, going to run a full lineup. Um, I, I kind of like BYU to kind of be that that third maybe spot there. So I agree with you with Oregon and Notre Dame. I don't know about BYU because Franco's going to be running the mile. Oh, you're um, right. You're before. right. I'm sorry. He's going to run the mile. That's right. So I, I'm going with, I'm going to go with Indiana because I think Mal is just focusing on the three K. So he's not, he's going to be coming in fresh. And I think he's kind of the big X factor for them. But if I had to pick another team that is a little off the radar, I, I like Arkansas. Um, Cameron Griffith is qualified in the three K but I, I like he's very experienced at NCAAs. I, I like the lineup that they could put out there. They've run a pretty quick time already this year. I think they could surprise some people, especially when some of the lineups are going to be pretty altered or at least uh, a lot of legs are going to be pretty tired going into the DMR. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. I, I also like Arkansas, now that you kind of phrase it that way. That's a good point. Yes, you're right. I, I mean, if, with Franco doubling back, that might, might also be tricky. The reason I don't like Indiana is because the reason that they can be successful is because each each one of each of their distance legs, the 12, 8, a mile, all have to be clicking on the same day. And yeah. if Shadler, a redshirt freshman, who's going to be running the mile, that kind of inexperience worries me. Cooper Williams is going to be running the 800. That also kind of worries me as well. Who He's had some struggles as of late, especially tactically. So it, it just kind of worries me with Indiana as a whole. And we saw at Alex Wilson, you know, Mao had a lead and Nagus and Huar just, just pretty much sucked him up over the last lap or two of that race. I mean, it, it was it was pretty intense. So I'm just not sure how, how firmly strong I feel about Indiana, especially with two of those three guys doubling. Um but I think you're right. I think Arkansas probably has all the right pieces to be fresh, to move forward. They have the firepower. They have the experience. They have the big name kind of uh, showcasing there. I think Virginia Tech, you could maybe argue um, there's some nice pieces there, especially with, you know, maybe Zarat, I think is, uh, I think he's doubling. But some of these other guys, they have a lot of really solid middle distance pieces um, who aren't. So uh, we'll, we'll be interesting to see how that, that really unfolds. But I, I like Arkansas as well. So for the women, I think both of us think that BYU and Stanford will be in the top three. Right. Who would be your third pick? Oh, man. Uh, I would have said probably Colorado if uh, if they had been in there. Um, I think, I mean, I really should say Washington, but I, I don't know. There's just something about Washington where I'm not super sold on them yet, which is kind of a really dumb thing to say, it feels like. <laughs> um well, it's hard because they, they have like Rainsberger running in the mile before. And you, I, I mean, it's just, I don't think they're going to have a whole lot of people fresh. Well, I don't think Rainsberger is running the mile. It, I think she's no, running, running, running the 3K. The 3K. Okay. Well, maybe not then. Maybe that is a good thing. Yeah. I think Carly Tom is running the 800, though. That's right. Yeah. So Carly Tom is running the 800. I just don't know how Shadler is going to do on this stage. I, I don't know. Like I mean, like everything on paper tells me that Washington should be that third team. Um, 
Oregon I'm not sold on. Arkansas I'm worried about doubles. Colorado's not going to have uh, Danny Jones and nothing against Wake Forest, but Wake Forest is just not going to finish in the top three. Sorry. Um, I, I think kind of dating back, I kind of like Michigan. I, they're going to be all in. They're all fresh. Um, they all have, I mean, three of their four legs are returning from last year and Darmavell's probably their best leg. And she, you know, she wasn't at this meet last year. So I, I like Michigan. I just think that they have the right pieces to do something um, pretty, pretty exciting. And, and I guess we'll see, but it's more, more because I just don't love all the other relays. Um, and I'm sure Washington is probably yelling at me right now saying it's the <laughs> dumbest thing I've ever heard. You know, pro- they're, they're probably right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Washington's probably the easy answer, but like you, I am going to go in a slightly different direction and go with Michigan state. I, after looking at their lineup even more, they're going to be relatively fresh. The only woman who's going to be uh, running before is Lindsay Rudden. And I think they can put together just a really strong uh, DMR that has everybody that runs at maybe not a elite level, but like a really, really strong level that will keep them competitive the whole way through. You're not going to see any leg really drop them any time. And I think they're just going to hang around for a long time while everybody else kind of falls apart either because of fatigue or because they're not put, they don't have their best runners in the relay. I really could see them pulling out a surprise third finish. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think that's a pretty fair point. DMR is just weird. You never really know what you're going to get. The top teams usually separate, but after that, there's always a few teams that surprise. So my, my variability tells me it's going to be Michigan, but I I think it really could be anyone. So I, I guess we'll see. Agreed. Who wins the most titles, including, so if we include DMR, so like, let's say that Whitney Orton won uh, the DMR with BYU and then came back and won the 3K, she would have two titles. So on the women's side, who do you think uh, will take home the most titles? Well, really, I mean, we're only looking at a max of two. Yes, exactly. So it probably has to be Orton. I mean, Orton's, I think, probably the pretty clear favorite i think she byu is the clear favorite in the dmr and the clear but maybe less so favored in the 3k is orton so i would say orton probably um i think you could maybe make the argument that kaladi or Izzo in the 5k 3k um i don't feel super confident about danny jones but i would say it's probably most likely going to be orton just because i think while maybe the the levels of favorability are different orton probably is the favorite in two, both events yeah, I think it has to be Orton. I think Izzo probably deserves a, a shout out, and maybe maybe Danny Jones pulls pulls it off. I think we would all be surprised to see her do that, but I think she has an outside shot. I think this question is a lot more interesting on the men's side, yeah. though, um, with Oregon and um, Notre Dame runners in the DMR. You have Nagoose who could double with the DMR in three K. We could see the same with Tier. We could see James West. Uh, pull off a double in DMR in the mile or DMR in the 3K. Um, I think there's a lot of different options here. Yeah, I would agree. It'd probably have to be, you know, someone from Oregon or Notre. I think maybe the Goose on Notre Dame. Um, we could I, even say Klecker 
or uh, yeah, Kurgot, or Krajalva or Day. Or Day. I, yeah. I mean, the, the list goes on. I mean, I think it's clear that NAU is going to win at least two titles in some capacity. Um, I don't know how or where, but between the mile, 3K, 5K, they'll find a way to put together. Oh, well, wow. that, that's, that's, I don't that, know about that. I, took, I take that back. That's actually, that's actually that's a, a strong, hot take. Wow. That's a pretty strong take, actually. No, I take that back. At least two. No, no, that's that's too strong of a take. I somehow, I, I think we were. Yeah, it's realistic, but it's also <laughs> that's a pretty strong take. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not going with that. I don't know where I was going with that. Um, <laughs> break, break it back. No, I, I don't know. It's probably. I think if you lumped NAU as a collective whole. I would say that NAU as a like as a team probably has a better chance of taking home two titles than Tier individually does or Nagus individually does. Here, here's a better question: Who do you like uh, taking home two titles, Nagus and Tier, or the entire NAU team as a whole? Ooh, that's tough. Um, I like Nagus and Tier because you're guaranteed one title in the DMR. And then you just have to hope that one of them wins the three K. Yeah, it's a good point. And, and with with NAU, obviously Beamish has a good chance in the mile. Day and Grijalva have decent chances in the three K and the five K, but there's no guarantee that you have. Whereas, like you feel real comfortable about getting one title, and then you're just hoping for a second. I think with Tier and Nagus, you you can feel pretty comfortable with at least one. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, okay. Never mind then. I'm gonna take just gonna stop <laughs> stop talking with these hot takes. Yeah, I like I like any ULI. I think they're gonna do really well at this meet. I think their their learning launch pad season has kind of passed. Um, but I'm I'm I, I yeah, I, I think you're right. I think that's probably a, a more favorable scenario, the one that you explained. Yes. So who has the hardest weekend? I think on the men's side, it's probably James West, probably James goes West. for the triple. Yeah. But on the women's side, is it, well, is it to, Danny Jones? Well, I, real quick, though, back to James West. I think even if he doesn't run the DMR, it's still probably the hardest. Because I don't yeah. think anyone else is. Oh, I think that back well, Beamish, Beamish is also running the. And um, Adams and Tuntavate. That's right. Yeah, there's a few guys there. Um, so yeah, probably West if he runs the DMR, which he he very well might. Um, on the women's sides, probably actually. Um, on the women's side, it might actually be Karina Viljoen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's she running the yeah, she's running the mile and the three k. She could also do the triple. So she's one. She's another name we haven't really talked about, but very much like West can can kind of run all these different events in that mile DMR 3k a uh, very good chance that she triples like really good chance actually um so we'll we'll kind of see what happens there but um yeah I think it's gonna be Karina Viljoen of Arkansas I think she's gonna I think she very is actually very very likely to triple yeah that's a good call I forgot about her and she's been just solid all year like yeah. she hasn't made any big ways at any point but she's just been consistent, gotten her NCAA qualifying marks, and and run really well season. She's probably not going to like pull out a top three finish in any event, but it wouldn't be surprising to see her score in both the mile and the three k. Yeah, I, I agree. So it's it's definitely going to be the the hardest one. Um, we haven't really seen um, 
I, I don't I want to take that back because I don't remember back to last year, but um, really, if I think we called it kind of at the beginning of the season. If there was anyone who was going to do the triple, it was going to be Ljewin, and, and sure enough, that's the case. So um, I think it's actually more likely than not that she does try the triple. Um, so we'll, we'll have to see. Agreed. That West and Vizhoen will have uh, a lot to recover from after this weekend. Um, best of luck to both of them. But why don't we head on to the mailbag? Uh, we got a few questions through Instagram. First up, what's more likely, Danny Jones or Whitney Orton losing? Uh, Danny Jones losing. Just that 800 is just... Yeah. There's I, I, I don't even see her as a favorite. So nothing against Jones. I just... When you're running the four races and on that fourth race, I'm telling you, go win a gold medal against Nia Aikens and Carly Thomas. When you kind of put it in those terms, that's that's pretty difficult. So um, I'm going to say Danny Jones has, has the best chance of losing. Yeah, I, I think that's the clear option. I'm obviously, as I've said many times throughout this podcast, I am 100% behind Orton. So I really believe in her chances in the 3K and the DMR. So I think Jones as 800 pursuit will be what trips her up secondly nigel amos versus michael norman in a 500 who wins also a note do not forget amos ran ran 32 low in a workout which we're assuming was in a 300 yeah um i probably like amos amos in his prime let me put it that way and i don't i'm assuming he's yeah hopefully still probably in his prime maybe but probably probably amos close to it yeah um I like Norman. I, really? I think I five hundred's tough, but Norman, when he was at his peak, I, I was very close. Was he was running like forty three low or forty three mid, like getting real close to kind of world record range, and maybe extra hundred meters does him in. But I I gotta think that he'd be able to hang in just enough to beat Amos yeah that's tough I don't know man if you told me 550 I would have said Amos in a heartbeat oh yeah I agree um the 500's tough though he this one listener he always has the best questions (laughs) I'm not saying who but he always has the best questions and I like I'm always like going to bed staring at the wall I'm like well what if he like has had a really good kick and just yeah I don't I don't know um I'm at a I'm at a loss but I I uh, I think if, if Amos isn't isn't afraid to kind of close it down at the end, I think I'm going to go Amos. But that's that's tough. I, I wouldn't see any argument for Norman. Yeah, I mean, he's run 43-4. So it's, it's like if he can just barely survive that next 100. I, I, like, I don't think Amos is running anything faster than a 45. Um, so... Yeah, but how much are you making up over that hundred? Yeah, exactly, and maybe and maybe that second and a half, or like like so, like let's say Norman runs like a like a forty five, and is a little more conservative, and Amos is running like a forty six, forty seven. Like who, who has is that enough of a gap, a one or two second gap in that last hundred? I I think it probably is, but it it very well. I think if you're running forty five conservatively. I think I think that's a different story. I don't. I think Norman can run a forty-five and probably feel okay. Yeah, probably. You're probably right, which is the scariest thing I've ever heard. But yeah, probably. Yeah, that's a good question. I I enjoy these hypotheticals. We just need to work on having a TSR meet where we can just 
knock all these out in one weekend so we can see who was right. But uh, hey, that real ref- quick, real quick, I'm yeah. actually gonna interrupt. I was just looking at our, our mailbag. We actually did get one more. Oh, okay, um, there you go. It was uh, asking who our sleeper picks are for all events for D1 and D2. Um, oh jeez. <laughs> I love you guys a lot. I don't love you that much. Um we will be we'll be we'll be doing uh previews though and I'll I'll talk a little bit about um what we got going on Ben, but looks like we're wrapping up with the mailbag, but we will uh talk about all of our previews. We'll give you all of our predictions. That's all on the way. Um we've got event by event previews, we've got predictions, we've got D1, D2, D3. All that stuff's on the way. You're going to just have to give us some time. We're going to be releasing it throughout the week and up to the national championships. So hang tight. It's it's coming. Um, but uh, yeah, just get prepared because we've got a lot of exciting stuff coming. So uh, Ben, I don't. I kind of just stole your thunder there. But any, <laughs> anything you kind of want to add to that? I, I I think we have plenty of really good content. So like you said, keep an eye on that. I, I figured I'd tee you up for one more hot take. I, oh, it seems yeah. like they're just flowing out of you before we leave. Yeah, I don't. I don't mean I'm not intentionally <laughs> at this point. So, uh, but yeah, I I think uh, you s- summarized what we should be looking forward to pretty well, um, and I I don't think we would be surprised to see maybe an emergency podcast after uh, after NCAA's where we just we just have to let all of our thoughts out um i know our group chat will probably be buzzing so we'll have plenty of things to talk about but until that point garrett i uh, guess we'll talk to you i'll talk to you